You are listening to The Benchcast with your host, Elvis Mendez and Coach Ben. Today I'm talking about some of the things that I did um, from going from 730 bench to an 820 bench, uh, which was a five-month period. And that's pretty substantial gain. That's a 90-pound gain. And uh, it wasn't like when I took my 730, I had a shit ton left in the tank. You know, I probably could have done more if I jacked up the shirt a little bit. But, uh, you yeah, know, much that's, more. that's a 90-pound PR in a five-month period. That That's something substantial there. And it got me thinking, you know, some of the things that I did differently over this training cycle versus any others and the approach I took to get to that point. Uh, beginning of the year, I wanted to shoot for 800, but I, you know, I've only done like a handful of over 700 benches. Um, you know, and the Arnold didn't come out the greatest result. Had like a 683 bench, um, so you know that me, it was a lot of pressure to hit a PR because it was going on maybe a year. Uh, felt like it was going on almost a year without PRing the shirted bench, and you know there was some pressure there to uh, get something rolling because I was messing around with that last man standing shit which I have a really bad uh, history with just hitting lifts and keeping that going but um, you know there was, a, there was some pressure to hit that that 715 uh, which would have been a 5 pound PR that's all I want I just wanted to get into the winner's circle again with some PRs here um, ended up with 730 that day but you know hit, hitting 800 bench I thought was actually going to take a lot longer period of time for me um, and things just clicked together in that five months since that, that last shirted bench. And, uh, you know, I took time to analyze, you know, some of the stuff that I did here that, um, you know, is, is continuous of what I was always trying to do, but maybe you just didn't do it as well because I was focused on staying a certain weight or whatever or training a certain way. But um, some of the things that I did uh, a little bit different here approaching that 800 but really i had no idea even like four weeks out from the meet you know it was a long shot to even think that i would have hit 800 um because as you'll see here you know i've only taken 700 like once that that whole time um and you know it was kind of a long shot to even think that was possible until uh, i had a good session where everything was just unbelievably light and then it was like well maybe this is possible so it just all came together in that one training session. So to recap a bit and um, get into do the before, um, I want us to talk about a little bit about what the 7:30 was in April and then how we got to the 8:20 in September, five month period, 90 pound gain. That's pretty substantial. Um, but we'll take questions at any time. All right. So like always, we're taking. Uh, questions from our viewers on instagram as we're going through the podcast so if you have any questions those who are watching live at big benches on instagram make sure you can shoot your questions down below and we'll answer them up for you well we got one coming in right now it's uh i can't use leg drive can't use leg drive um that's that's a little vague um, you'll have to kind of delve into what's giving you issue, uh, other than I can't use it. Um, so I'll, I'll need a little bit more info there before I can really delve into how I can help you. Because um, that's more of a statement than a question. You know, So I want to 
getting to the root of what might be holding you back from utilizing your leg drive or what you've tried before. So maybe if you could drop that down below. And I believe Iron Mike said you're killing it. You're killing it, brother. You're what's up, brother? You're killing it. Appreciate that, Iron Mike. Trying, trying to keep things rolling. Anyways, everyone joining in, um, we're covering some tips and tricks. I added 90 pounds from April to September to the bench, and I'm sharing some of the things that we did in the training cycle. So you can drop your cues down below. All right, first thing, that 730 was done in a Super Katana. Like I said, I just wanted to hit a small PR there um, just to get things moving in the right direction. And... Um, I'm not comparing the SDP, which I did the 820 in, versus the Katana. You know, I think if even if I wore the SDP at that time, it would have been about the same. So I think it's a fair comparison here. Shirts aside, you know, I think you could get good results whether you're wearing an SDP or a Super Katana. I think they're both very good shirts. And at the time, I would have told you that Super Katana felt awesome too. So, um, you know, it's not a shirt comparison here. I want to kind of take that out because I think... Uh, I probably could have hit something to eights too with the Super Katana if I had the right one. So, um, you know, I don't think shirts had much to do with it. After that 730, I knew a few things um, to get to 800 this year. There was a few things I wrote down that need to happen. I was I'm going to have to gain some body weight, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to have to get that raw bench up. Because in the past, I would normally add about three to 320 or so with a bench shirt. Alright, and if that holds true, and that's a good chunk of change to add with a bench shirt, that's that's a really advanced amount, um, I'd have to get that raw bench up, okay, because you're, you're only going to add that number to about what your raw bench is, so that was important for me is to do a raw bench and cycle. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, but I knew it was uh, probably for the best, you know, and the, the coach of me trying to... to what is it? Do as I do as I say. No, as they thing. Do. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't want to do a raw bench training cycle, but I figured, you know, that was going to be the best uh, thing long term for the shirted bench. As I, uh, you know, stress to my athletes as well is that raw training does have a big deal to do with your shirted bench as well, and we'll get a little bit more into that. But uh, so I, I went into this raw training cycle. When was that? Me? It was like June. June I, I did the raw bench so I had about eight weeks to get ready for that and um, you know we, we did a whole podcast on that training cycle and I went from 415 to 440 in those eight weeks um, 415 was the last raw bench I had recorded so that's what I was going off here but that's a what 25 pound gain I believe if I got my math right um, and that's a substantial amount as well in eight weeks. And I did a lot of things to build up strength off the chest to the point where, you know, off the chest felt really good. And then it was around that mid-range near that lockout where it actually got a little bit tricky. So I was really happy with how we built up strength off the chest. And we did a whole podcast on that, building up strength off the chest. A lot of the things I used were um, you know, the dead press with the pause. If anyone's familiar with the dead press with the pause, um, t-shirt presses it's just a lot of spending time down on chest level with the the dead press uh, t-shirt press um, 
it just doing everything I can to stay down on the chest as long as possible. I would take 225 in the gym and just hold it down there for 10 seconds and just focus on the tension that was building up. So that was uh, real critical towards making that progress over the eight weeks. Didn't have a ton of time there. Got a question from Jim DeGregano. Are you influenced by Scott Mendelson or Tiny Meeker? Uh, yeah, I mean, they're great benchers. Uh, and I've watched some of Scott Mendelson's channel. I don't think Tiny really puts out a ton of uh, educational content, although he's a great bencher. You know, definitely people I look up to. Um, you know, I haven't really trained with Tiny or anything, so, um, you know, that I wouldn't say influenced my training a ton. I don't really do what he does um, with the reverse bands or anything like that. Scott Mendelson, I love his channel. You know, I, I think we see eye to eye, um, everything he's saying. You know, is what I teach my athletes as well. Um, so, I love the love the dude. I've never met him, but uh, from what I see in the videos, he he seems like an awesome dude to go out and get some beers and shoot the shit. Uh, I would love to meet up with him one day. But uh, yeah, I look up to both those guys. I think they're both awesome. We actually have a signed photo of uh, Tiny in uh, our HQ gym here. So uh, he's on the walls. So I gotta get Scott up there though. Upper back or lat training for single ply benching? Guessing is it beneficial? Uh, single for what do you say? Upper back and uh, lat training for single ply benching. Yeah, any back training in general is going to be huge. Uh, we're going to delve into that this podcast too. That was probably one of the biggest things. This whole training cycle was the uh, was the back work, and I'll touch on in specific what what type of back work. Um, and then uh, for Justin Marshall one, do you have more potential for more weight with a wider grip compared to a narrow grip? Because I've seen a lot of big benches with narrow grips. Uh, not necessarily, and uh, you know you could be strong either way. I think probably the best thing to go with for a long period of time is is a good stack position wherever that is for you. Uh, but I mean a big bench can be done with a narrower grip, a wider grip. I uh, usually see wider grips with the shirt just because uh, you, you're going to get more stretch on the plate um, or it's going to be uh, easier to touch and you're going to um, you know, be able to get down to chest more efficient, cut that range. Once you get that pop, you're almost near that lockout anyway. Um, but, yeah, the, we I think uh, either way you could hit a big bench. Um, so getting back to the raw training a bit. Uh, so worked weight off the chest, a lot of pausing down at the chest level. Uh, overhead press. Now this is something that's huge. I, I always say the overhead press has been the best thing to get up my raw bench. Worked really hard at the overhead press. And if your overhead press is getting your raw bench up, your raw bench is going up, that's going to get your sure to bench up. So you can see how that continuum works there. The overhead press is a big deal no matter if you're raw, you're in a shirt, it's the hardest pressing variation out there. Um, it is not an easy exercise. Most people aren't good at it. Are you good at overhead pressing, Elvis? I might be the worst overhead presser there ever was. <clears throat> because he's an honest man. Listen, all, all the things <laughs> that make me good at deadlifting make me bad at overhead pressing. Yeah, uh, overhead press is a very difficult exercise, the most, uh, most difficult pressing exercise. So if you can get better at that, Typically, your bench is going to go up. You can see strongmen, though. Strongmen, all they do is overhead press, and then they really just need to work the technique involved with the bench a little bit more. Uh, I've seen it in reverse that way, too. 
but it starts with that foundation of have a really strong overhead press uh, always helps out the bench big time but i was able to get that up to 245 for a triple which is a huge pr for me i think my pr before was one rep at 240 um so that was huge, uh, getting all that raw strength up. In comparison, my best overhead press is 135 for two, ever. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, your bench also isn't in the fours. Yep. <laughs> you know, so what is it, 250-something? Right around there. Yeah, so. Um, right around half. Yeah, relative relative to that, though, I mean, you're almost you're almost around half. Not It could be worse. Could be worse. Could be worse. You know, my, uh, my best 415, and then my best was uh, 240 for one. So I guess that's a little over half, right? But, um, yeah, you'll at least want to get around that point. I mean, there's some people who are benching fours who struggle with a plate, and that's not good. That means you have a lot of potential to grow with the overhead. And something that we've done, one of our athletes, uh, Adam Bell, who's doing phenomenal now. He just hit 413 in his last meet. Um, we wanted to get his overheads up. He, he always avoided it in the past because of shoulder restrictions, things he's been going through with shoulder injuries, stuff like that. But I said, hey, let's don't let's not skate around it. Most people will want to skate around not doing it just because it bothers them. But I was like, all right, let's get the mobility on point. Let's work through it till it becomes something that you're comfortable doing. He was able to get the overhead press up, get that moving. He was so lagged behind there that it just built up his raw bench. And now he's hitting, you know, in the fours for reps. So um, really happy with his progress. And the overhead press played a huge role in that, um, as did with me. So if you're looking to get your bench up, period, whether it's raw or shirted, overhead press is something to look into. I'm really, really big on that movement. Then uh, a couple questions. Justin Marshall, what sticking points does do, does dips help with? Uh, I do zero dips. I don't program dips either. Uh, not that the dips aren't good, um, and I think it could build up, you know, any portion of your bench you could of you know, do the dip so it targets a little more chest uh, by leaning forward, and you can do dip so it targets a little more tricep. Uh, so you could effectively, uh, you know, influence either range of the bench. But uh, dips is just not something I do a program just because uh, uh, I've seen a lot of videos of torn pecs, and that shit freaks me out. <laughs> so it's just one of those things. I'm not against dips. I'm just, I've seen too much shit out there. And they freak me the hell out. It's just I'd rather just train triceps with something that doesn't freak me the hell out. And then uh, he also asked, does overhead press target shoulders or triceps more? I've heard people say both. Yeah, I mean, both. it's yeah. like, does your bench target shoulders or tries more? Same thing. Uh, a lot of stuff in just like parallel thing, you just kind of concentrate on what's going to help you with the main movement versus yeah. what it kind of targets. That's so it's a, like a different focus we got going on. Yeah, you're looking for muscle group. This is just movement in general here. But um, sip of coffee for the working man. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> if anyone comments sip of coffee or comments coffee or whatever, that means we all got to do a sip of coffee. From uh, Cap Joe, how would you go about focusing on the mid-upper portion of the bench? Uh, well, if there's a true weakness there, it will be tricep work. But typically... Uh, most people think they have a mid-range problem, but it's mostly due to what they're doing off chest level. Um, they're usually looking for some type of momentum pop. They're sinking the weight. They're trying to kick their leg drive in at a certain time. You know, anything to gain some sort of momentum to get that bar to start moving. 
finishing it, however, is a different story. So a lot of times it's it's a technique issue, um, or just needing more strength out the chest in general. But um, yeah, if it's a true mid range issue, you can do board work, um, lockout work, like floor press, pin press, all that stuff. Decline bench. I haven't incorporated them much in recent years. Is this something that I should bring back to regular training? Uh, I wouldn't look to use it heavily as like a main or secondary type movement. That I would do mostly as as accessory. Try to build up your chest a little bit more, but nothing I would put a lot of stock in. So, all right, moving on. We uh, something else I uh, wanted to delve into so we touched about raw training getting that 730 to that 820 making that 90 pound gain right in a five month period i knew i had to get my body weight up so i knew i had to get stronger raw i knew i had to get my body weight up my weighing at the arnold last one i remember was 255 now i think i weighed in a little more when i did the 730 but that was that was a pretty bloated weight for me you know, I really drank a lot of water. I was, I was, that was a big weigh-in for me because I were some periods in that training cycle where I was down to 240. Now, when I weighed in for the 820, I was all the way up to 264. Again, another bloated weight-in because, you know, obviously I'm eating sushi and pounding shit that, the night before there. So I'm going to weigh heavier in the morning. Uh, but a 264, that, what's that, Elvis? Nine-pound gain. Nine-pound body weight gain from those two periods. Um, you know, the differences it makes in the shirt is unreal. You know, I, that shirt I had, I was having a hard time touching something in the sixes at the 240 pound body weight. Um, and then, you know, I was able to break it into the point where, you know, I was manipulating the shirt to work for me at that 264 body weight, but now it's so much tighter, fits better in the arms. Um, you know, you can adjust your body weight into that shirt really effectively. So the the differences it made in, in the shirt tightness and just how it had to stretch over my chest obviously you're also adding um some dimension to your body so now it's having to stretch over a little bit more um you're cutting range of motion believe it or not a little bit in your press uh very minor but you know we talk about the millimeters all the time everything we're doing in our setup cutting those millimeters down right if you gain a little body weight too yeah you get a little fluff with that but you are cutting a little bit of range. You know, body weight makes a huge, huge difference um, in being able to bench press more. You know, uh, I'm not saying go and get fat. I know it's really popular to have a, a appeasing uh, physique as well in powerlifting nowadays. And, you know, I don't blame anyone for that. But if you're looking to truly chase down a lot of strength, I'm not saying get super fat real quick. I have gained 20 30 pounds in a two-month period before um but i'm saying gain a little bit so I, i'm looking to hit so much more poundage uh you know there's nothing substantial you know there's there's probably less difference between these body weights than you think um but it was a small gain each each meet trying to gain a little more get them more if the next meet in december i weigh in at 267 I'm happy with that. That's a three pound up from before. You know, I'm still in the 275 class working my way up. You know, I'm not worried about weight cuts. I think people weight cut for no reason most of the time. There's only a certain few that are actually going for a big national record or going for a, a bigger national meet. If you're not doing either of those, I wouldn't even bother cutting weight because honestly, you're not even know who you're competing with half the time. 
And uh, it's just going to kill your potential to hit what you want on the platform. And, and I tell everyone this all the time. You know, you're better off going in there hitting big numbers. Because what are you going to remember at the end of the day? You know, when you stop doing this heavy lifting stuff or whatever. And you're telling people how much you, you benched back in the day. You know, no one's going to give a shit what I bench 820 at. I can tell someone I bench 820 at 198. They don't give a shit about that second portion of what the hell I just said. They care that I, I bench 820. So it don't matter if I'm fat ass or I'm little ass. 820 went up. So that's all people can really resonate with anyway. Um, and, you know, for pedestrians, they don't know what the hell's going on. So you tell them you bench 400, that's awesome. You know, I think I get the same reaction out of family if I bench 400 versus 800. They don't really know. They're just like, oh, wow, that's cool. You know, so pedestrians aren't going to know nothing anyway. So unless you're sitting at the bar with a bunch of old power lifters talking about the old days, um, you know, no, one's, no one really knows what the hell's going on anyway. So it's for you. What's going to make you more happy at the end of the day, you know, and uh, unless you're going for something big, like a big record that means a lot to you or, um, you know, something like that, trying to do a certain event, you know, weight cutting, just not really necessary not necessarily come in at your strongest your biggest um so with that being said those are the, the obviously the big two that uh really sprung me to the next level had to get the raw lifts up accomplished had to get the body weight up accomplished um and you know to get the weight up little tips and tricks there when you're driving home stop at bk you get yourself <laughs> a couple double hammies get a 10-piece nugget it does the job. Um, get some muffins in the morning. Got a bunch of muffins. I buy pies. Eat a bunch of pies. You know, sometimes it's easier for people to get fatter than others. You just got to watch that scale slowly creep up. All right. So you're only going to eat as much as you need to get that scale up. For me, I had to eat quite a few shit. So uh, I had to get that thing moving. So I'd have to sneak in a couple double hammies. I know I didn't have enough food that day. A couple double hammies. Halal food's awesome. Um, you know, Chipotle, I would eat a couple Chipotles. Um, one time I came into the gym, I had a, a Chipotle, no, two Chipotles and two slices of pizza, ate the whole thing. A lot of Chinese food, it's cheap, good bang for your buck, a lot of cows. This is what we call the dreamer bulk. Yeah, <laughs> but that gets the job. If I didn't do that, guys, I would slowly dwindle away. That's what happened at the Arnold. Didn't, didn't prioritize that stuff. Dwindled all the way down after getting sick, too, down to 240 at my lowest. I think I actually weighed in under 240, which is unreal. Unreal. Um, we got a question here. Crockett001001. For a shirt of bench on a second bench day, what works best? Speed work, heavy board work, bench rep work. Um, so I wouldn't go shirted uh, two days a week unless you're really low benching, like in the 300s. Um, so if you're a shirted bencher and you're looking to add on the second day, uh, yeah, usually speed work. But I would either use that time to just do more benching, right? Just get some good volume in raw. Um, if you're close to the meet, I use that time to work in a uh, device, such as the Bench Freak Band, the Titan Magnum Ram. You can use a heavy slingshot, the, the what, what the hell is it called, full bore, or no, the Mad Dog Slingshot, the heavy black one. Um, you know, the Magnum Ram, believe you said that. Yeah, yep. something that's uh, not a shirt, but you just sling on quick and you're going to be able to get that shirt to groove. Nothing better than a Bench Freak Band, in my opinion. Benchfreak.com, Rich Putnam's device. 
but that's how I'd work it. Raw work from out from the meat, and then within the next uh, eight, six weeks to a meat, doing a lot of device work. If you're feeling a um, little banged up from the shirt of work, then I do speed work. So a lot of my training is very auto-regulated to the point where I don't even really put anything down on paper for a program. Now, I just kind of go, well, you know, I did two weeks in a row in the shirt, did it heavy last time, I need some speed work here because if I go try to go heavy, I'm going to feel beat up. I got a real good intuitive sense for how much I can handle now. I know when my elbow will start to feel shot if I try to push it too much. Uh, I know when I need more rest. I need. I know how much rest I'm going to need. Um, but unless you have a real good intuitive sense, uh, speed work's just a good general thing to do. That's that's how I approach my, my deloads. If I really need to deload the amount of weight I'm using, is speed work. And you probably can use less weight than you actually think. Just focus on really throwing that weight as fast mm-hmm. as possible. I do a lot of things against bands now, um, really heavy band tension. So, you know, almost to where it's 50-50, bar weight and then mm-hmm. band tension. Been doing really heavy band tension stuff. So, uh, and then if you have a really light shirt, like I have a real stretchy shirt. I was just working with like 400 almost like it was a slingshot doing uh, speed work with bands. And that worked out awesome too. So, that's how I would approach the second day. We have, if you want a little more structure to it, on bigbenches.com for anyone out there looking to add a second bench day to their routine, whatever you routine you're on. Um, we have a great program that's very underrated on our website, bigbenches.com. It's called the Second Bench Day Solution. And there's five different programs laid out in there of what you could do with that second day. So uh, I would go check that out. It's our lowest price program template out there. I think it's $24.99, but that'll have everything laid out for you. And always, you can email me, coachbenbigbenches.com, for support on those. All right, uh, we got anything coming in, or how? Would, when would you program an incline bench? Uh, incline bench usually at the beginning phases of the training cycle um, first four to eight weeks depending on the person uh, and if it's someone that has a really hard time doing the overhead and really cannot do an overhead uh, we will just go to an incline bench but uh, yeah that's that's what I all gotta say about that <laughs> <laughs> and I have a good video out on the incline bench I think we did so uh, you can check that out if you want to know the technique behind it all right, so got the raw training, got the raw bench up, body weight up. Now, something that might surprise. Actually, let me go into the next thing too. That will that is by none the most valuable thing I started doing again, and that is biweekly deep tissue massage. All right, with Michelle who who does my massage. You have to find the right person. Not all is created equal, but she does a great job getting in there deep, working out all my issues. Um, so I think it was after the raw bench, but I was at a meet and I was I was knee wrapping everyone, and that's something that usually lights me up. But I was just so physically bad with with the tightness in my forearms and my biceps and everything, my shoulders that I was doing these knee wraps, and I was just getting the worst shooting pain. Like I had to, I had, you know, when you're you got so much pain, you're just kind of sitting there kneading yourself, like you're squeezing your muscles because you just want to stop. That type of deal. Um, it was bad, and she saw that, and and. Um, you know, she wanted to help me out too, and um, I set up sessions with her again because we used to do that stuff back in the day. I kind of got away from it, didn't realize how bad I was getting to the point where I would pull my neck every week just about, just by looking to the side. Every uh, once a week, I had a pulled neck to the point I couldn't look to the side, 
And then uh, got with her, started doing the deep tissue, hits the pecs. You know, I had some, some issues with, um, you know, pec feeling tight, sometimes benching. Um, she works out everything, get the back good. And um, that was so instrumental. I did all my shirt work, did not have one problem, have not pulled my neck since. Um, you know, I haven't had any of the shooting elbow pain, none of that stuff at all whatsoever after just two massages a month that's all it took you might be able to get away with just one but what it has done is just kind of reset me into a place where i can do everything i need to do without worrying about that pain which has been instrumental for training uh, because before it can get really rough if it just builds up on you and you get tighter and tighter you don't take care of it right i can't even train it to train into the shirt once heavy does me in for like the month um, it's going to totally wreck you and the elbow totally wrecked and it's very hard to hold heavy weight um, but that has been huge and I encourage anybody to reach out to a good massage therapist or whatever you want to do I hear good thing acupuncture whatever but get help with that stuff because to leave it on our own devices trying to do soft tissue work yourself is a really difficult thing to do but that has absolutely helped me get to that 90 pound gain in that 5 months could not have done it without that bi-weekly massage. That's how big I am on that. So I want to make sure I get that. And that has been huge um, for me. All right. Um, trained only, So this might surprise some people. right? I only trained over 700 pounds once. So I did a 700 pounds in the bench freak band for a double to a half board. Um, or that was off the chest. But I uh, almost got a third. But I have only, I believe in hindsight, thinking about that training cycle, um, I did 700 to a half board. That was a fantastic session. felt really good. But other than that, I literally did not touch 700 um, plus at all for that. It's just one training, just one training session before the meet where I hit that 820. That's it. So it just goes to show you, you don't need to train balls out heavy all the time. You know, the most important thing is the intensity that you're bringing to the movements. All right, and that's something I really wanted to bring across too is I didn't do as much accessory work. Because um, the way we, we have it right now, Monday morning, we, for that bench, that main work bench, that secondary bench, we're taking like three-something hours. So for me to get accessory work in after... Um, the gym at night it gets a little bit difficult and I hadn't been totally awesome with accessory work I missed some second days um, but when I did attack the movement I attacked it very intensely so we're talking warm ups on so that's something I'm huge on is attack your warm ups like it's max effort bend the bar with everything you got bring everything to it try to make your face bleed with your 135 on the bar you know what I mean you're bringing everything you can to it. You're not leaving everything on the table. So after you're done with that, you should be totally exhausted. Don't even want to do accessories. I always remember something Stan Efferding said. He's like, if, if you attack the main movement hard enough, um, you shouldn't even have energy for the accessories. And that's something always stuck with me. And I always try to balls out on the main work as best I can and the secondary stuff. Train those intense. Because you go back to the 80-20 rule. Right, 80% of your results comes from 20% the work you do. That 20% is the main lifts and the secondary work. So you have to hit that hard. Accessories matter, the right accessories, but not nearly as much as main work. All right, and the more advanced you get as well, 
um, the less you have to focus on accessories and just what the hell is you doing in the main work. Alright, but I only trained over 700 pounds once. That's why I'm going to know that one training session. Alright, I figured now's the time to push it. We had people around. I had good spots, good handoffs, and good setup. Went for it. Had ourselves a little bench bash. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Everyone was over. Cooked up some burgers, some dogs after. It was a great morning. Um, and I was a little nervous of how it might go because I had my ass running all over the place. was trying to shove McDonald's the morning of. Uh, the load up feel good, but that was the one time I took 700. I was like, this is this has got to be misloaded. I have no no idea what the hell's going on. I could have took that for 10 reps, blew it off the half board, felt super light. 750, same thing. We had a snag with the handout. Um, you know, it, it took. I could have. I didn't lose my breath. I stuck with it. I positioned it, blew it up. 800. I was expecting to be heavy. Only took that twice. Two other times in my life, 800. Did not go great either or. And I'm talking to two boards. I took that thing down to a one, one and a half, smashed it. To the point where I had to kind of sink it harder into the board because I was like, this can't be done now. And, uh, and I just freaking blew it up. So I was like, this session's unreal. I must have misloaded the weight. I'm looking at the plates. I'm like, I guess the weight's right. I did my math right. Um, so I was like, shit, I'm just going to go for it this meet. So it, all it takes is one session to totally rewrite your whole plan and your whole mindset. But, yeah, that was the only time I went over 700 pounds. And we're talking in a five-month period, um, which is pretty unreal. Got a, got a question for you from Rogue Plumber. Rogue Plumber. What movements would you recommend for bench overload training? First off, I'd like to delve into that Instagram for a second. Now, are you a plumber who has just gone rogue? Because that's what is being implied here. Or that's what I'm. That's what I'm gathering from this. Or are you sneaking into people's apartments and fixing their pipes? That too. Or maybe he's an entrepreneur plumber. Mm-hmm. And he's the rogue plumber, so he doesn't work for any organization. He's on his own out in the road, the rogue plumber. But I think there's a business there. If you're not already having your own business as a plumber, this is the opportunity. The rogue plumber. He is. He says he's going into apartments. <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> Just make sure you're getting your cash from that. Um, he's totally rogue, 100%. That's how to do it. What's the question again? I'm sorry. What movements do you recommend for bench overload training? Bench overload training. So if I could, I would do reverse bands all the time. I think reverse bands can't beat it. Um, I Having a setup for that... Very difficult. Um, I can't hang bands. My setup, I'll freaking pull the rafters down upon me. You know, uh, it's not enough to hold that type of weight. So, um, if you can set up in a rack, that's the best way to do it. I just can't with my foot positioning. I won't be able to really get the setup I want. Uh, but reverse bands totally would be would be my choice for that. Um, overload. Otherwise, I have my athletes do bench holds. Um, not so much shirted lifters, just because it's already such an overload anyway. But raw lifters, absolutely, I have them doing heavy holds to start the sessions uh, as we get into the meet. It was a 10-second holds. You know, it might have seemed like Jen Thompson do that type of stuff. That's something I kind of pulled from her, uh, doing the heavy hold stuff. And uh, it's a great way to get the nervous system stimulated before the session. Um, and then board work would be the way to do. So I have my athlete do board work. Um, very rarely do I have them do slingshot work. 
sometimes, but uh, not usually. I just don't like how it has to change the groove a little bit to be very effective. But, uh, yeah, we'll typically use boards. So if we're getting towards the meat, one of our indicator lifts is a uh, max to a one board. Um, so we see what goes on there. But, uh, yeah, that's how we will overload. All right. So uh, any other questions coming in, no? Nope. All right. So we just got through how to treat the main lifts and tents. All right. I didn't actually do too many accessories. I'm not telling you don't go and do accessories. I'm just telling you focus on what is really important, which is the main lifts. All right. Doesn't mean you can't get jazzed up to do your barbell rows. I think that's awesome, too. But, um, you know, make sure you're bringing it during the times you need to bring it. All right. Um, so I touched on that, 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 that. Uh, I should have wrote down some shit that I wanted to touch on earlier because uh, I'm going to forget. But I'm going to go into the, the other thing which I think made all the difference in terms of making that weight feel light. Like honestly, that one session I had, if you've ever had it, you know, right? It's just like, yeah, I had to count the plates. I had, I was like, there's no way this feels this late right now. I've never felt like that before. Um, you know, granted where I usually train Mondays, we have a great setup, great crew, everything, um, good environment. Um, the bench, it isn't perfect. I do slide a little bit there. I put the bands on there. Um, the handout, the handouts are good, but the, the bench unit itself, a little tricky to get the height right, bring it out. Um, so it's anything but perfect. So I think it helps too from when you're training in an environment that's not quite perfect and then you take yourself and put yourself in an environment that's perfect to what your needs are, um, like at a meet setting. You know, I know my my setup, great pad that Tiny Meeker made us, great bench, great spotter handoff crew, uh, rug underneath me for traction. Everything couldn't be more perfectly set up for me to execute how I need to execute. So taking yourself from that environment, putting yourself in that perfect scenario Huge deal. It's going to be like shitting at your house or shitting at an in and out. That's true. You know, which one's going to yield a better result? I have a fiasco story from the airport, but I'm not even going to get into it. I just, Basically, I couldn't even sit down in the toilet. I had to crunch up to the side. <laughs> um, they build it way too small. Everything's built way too small. I have to crunch my legs in, you know, everything, I, every every place I go, chairs aren't built to fit right. I don't know why they don't have wide scooped bottoms, but every chair's got a freaking pinion with the handles there. Uh, unreal. I, I think at, at some point during your search for this bench, you cross line into large mammal status. It's unreal. <laughs> but nothing, nothing works out in your favor trying to go anywhere public and sit down. The airports or the airplanes, it's, it's unreal. All right. Um, so what was I talking on? Uh, so what made the difference? What made the difference there? Upper back work. All right. And I knew this is for something long time. This is something that's lagging. But it's one of those things where you know you can do it. You know you should do it. You just don't end up doing it. It's one of those deals, right? Uh, where my shoulders are so unbalanced to where the front delts is overpower. Um, there's nothing in the rear delts to hold my, my posture, my positioning. Um, you know, a huge lack of strength there. believe at the beginning of this, I was able to do two to three pull-ups, right? Got that number up to, I, I did a series of seven pull-ups in a row, which, you know, doesn't seem substantial, but for a 260-pound person... Uh, you know, adding four to five pull-ups, good, comfortable, strict pull-ups, 
uh, that's a big deal. I mean, that's that is a considerable amount of strength added. Um, so I got that kind of number up. Uh, doing everything elbows wide, you know. So not your standard rows. I'd always row in real standard, elbow in close. You know, you're gonna hit a lot more upper back, elbow out uh, when you're when you're uh, yeah, elbow out. You're gonna hit more rear delts, upper back, face pulls. I did all the seal rows, uh, wide grip, wide grip, touching up above nipple line, like way up at the chest. Didn't have to have a lot of weight doing that. Did all my rows, elbows out up high, building up that upper back. I wanted to feel that working. Reverse flies, all that stuff. Um, made a huge, huge difference. And then starting the the. The workout out with a series of dumbbell pressing and elbow out rows um, just to get things activated, get things going, and it just adds more volume. So every bench session, if you're starting your bench session, I have all my athletes doing pretty much 3 by 15 dumbbell press, dumbbell elbows out row. Um, you know, that's six sets of, uh, what's that, you get 45, 90 reps in a week. That's 90 reps in a week extra you're getting on your upper back, including accessory work. Um, so all that stuff. We just did a video on upper back exercises for the bench. All that stuff is stuff I was doing. And then uh thought about this often. I'm bad at pull-ups, definitely adding them in. And I'll give you a good tip if you want to get better at pull-ups. In between your sets at the gym, just walk over to the pull-up bar, just do one pull-up. If you can't yeah. do one, go to the assisted and do there. But uh, I, I was struggling doing like sets of three. Now I'm up to like a set of eight. So just sneaking in that extra one pull-up anywhere you can. Yeah, it's one of those things like with a push-up too. Um, except the push-up's not going to usually be a substantial overload for you. You know, I can get down and bang out 60 push-ups even at my size. But a pull-up, I mean, a pull-up is a hell of a challenge. And it's something that you can do quickly, bang it out, and you can add substantial volume throughout the day doing that. Um, just like Galva said, you got a pull-up thing over your door or you're at the gym, uh, just bang out a pull-up. You know, don't got to be too much rhyme or reason. Just do a strict pull-up, hold it at the top a little bit, get that activation. You know, at the end of the day, it's all volume that adds up on your body. That's how lifting works. Um, so, yeah, that's been huge. The upper back stuff, huge. Because you got to think, too, it's not only it, the strength there is important, but from that uh, perspective of, utilizing the strength you have and having that balance what i like to say is uh the car analogy here right so the rear delts are your brakes you know you're only going to go as fast as your brakes allow because if you go fast and you got super shitty brakes you're in some trouble right you're going to be in some trouble we don't want to do that uh you can go super super fast if you got a great set of brakes on you right so that's kind of like your body regulating itself you know it's not going to allow you to express a lot of strength it's not going to allow you to go fast if you have shitty brakes all right because that's potential for injury um if you have a good set of brakes a good strong upper back to hold the weight in a position good rear delts to balance out the front um your body's going to allow you to express more strength so it's huge in that aspect as well and then just being able to control the weight so huge in being able to control the weight is the upper back stuff so um you gotta keep that in mind that it's that twofold thing it's gonna allow you to express the strength that you already had and it's going to give you that newfound strength to really lock down with the weight like when i took that 820 
yeah, it was it's a heavy weight, but the control was unreal. Like I felt honestly better with the eight hundred to eight twenty than I did that previous meet five months ago with the seven fifteen and seven thirty. Um, those felt heavier back then than the eight something did. And I feel, honestly, there's a lot more kind of left in the tank there. And, and just being able to steady heavy weight there, which is a great sign. So I'm going to keep hammering that upper back work. And that's something that I've really started to do a lot with my lifters as well. Because majority of people, right, were all forward postured, a lot of pressing, not enough back work. Not enough back work. And that's where the control comes in. You know, you have to get that strong. And then it's another thing to know how to use it. Um and that's where the technique side of things come in. I have an article on Elite FTS called Big Back, Big Bench. And it's a two-parted article about how to build your back, but not only how to build your back, the strength there, but how to use it. So if you don't know how to use a strong back, it's not helping you. If you can use a back, but it's not strong, it doesn't help you there either. So they go hand in hand. All right. And then... Um, the technique side of things, I did a video on this. What helped me in the shirt setup uh, was everything for me is about the takeout process in the shirt. If I can nail that, I can nail a bench. Um, the setup process was much, much more efficient here now. Um, there's a few things I changed there. A lot of uh, setting my hands early in that bridge process, crawling the shoulders down from there, uh, making sure my elbows aren't flared out under the weight, allowing them to, to tuck in under the weight, get my, uh, my hand up so bring me the weight. Uh, where I set up on the bench, which I actually executed really effing bad at the meet for the 820, which I was pissed about when I saw it. That was the one thing I was really pissed about in those vids. I was like, I really effed up my position in there. You can see from the 820, the guy's got to drag me out so far. Um, yeah, so Elvis was there handing me off too. I made it so hard on them because I set up way far out after seeing that. And I knew it too. I was like, shit, that guy dragged me all this way out. And I believe on the second one, I even told him I got to come out a little sooner. But I didn't make it no easier because I was setting up way down the bench. Um, but I was pissed after I saw that because I was training to execute that way. Um, so that made it a lot harder than it had to be anyways. But the guys got me out there. Um, but those, those few things helped tremendously in terms of technique, setting up, and whatnot. Um, you want to make, especially in a shirt, you want to make it a short, efficient process. You know, run the risk of hitting the rack. You got to get really close. You can just get right there so the people can, boom, put you right in your power zone. Because the thing is with the shirt too, it's hard because you're trying to bring so much tightness because you got this huge overload of weight. But then you don't have control of the weight until you get out to a certain spot. Like if I was left up near my face, the thing's just going to fall right down on me. I don't have any control till I'm in the bread basket. Right, so you got to get to that bread basket first, because um, you're trying to you're trying to bring 820 pounds of tension to a bar that you don't even have control of yet, and that's the tough part. That's that's the thing with that's the kicker with the takeout. You know what I'm saying? So that was huge. Um, and then the final thing I want to touch on that helped yield this uh, 90 pound gain in five months is know where the shirt is at. I never touched in it whatsoever, not once in my life with that thing. Uh, had it for some time. We have an article called Breaking in the Bench Shirt that Jamie Mata, he was kind enough to write for us as a guest post. Um, I'm going to do a video today. I got an extensive video on Breaking in the Bench Shirt. I'm really excited, I think. Or I'm sorry, not not break. Actually, I don't. Scratch that. I'm, gonna, I'm planning on doing a video. <laughs> this is about sizing your bench shirt. Sorry. But I am going to do a video on Breaking in the Bench Shirt, too. Um, 
But know where your shirt is at. You know what you need to touch. I know I needed about 700 to touch. I went with 750 instead. I had a little more body weight gain at that point. But know relative to your body weight about what you need to touch in the shirt, um, where you would need to jack up the shirt to hit what you want. Those are all things you, you should have a good idea of before you get into the meat so you don't put on your shirt and then you're like, oh, shit. You know, I know when I put my shirt on the meat, yeah, it felt tighter. You know, it usually does first time you get it on. It felt tighter, um, but I knew I was opening up 50 pounds more. It wasn't going to be a problem. I wouldn't have a problem touching that weight. Um, and I actually, I didn't jack it up whatsoever for the 800. I left it right where it was because I knew how the 750 felt, launched it right up, almost to the point where I almost lost control on the right side uh, just because it came up a lot quicker than I anticipated for the lockout. Um, the 800, I didn't do anything to it. That one came up just as smooth. 820, I was like, all right, so this this shirt, I can feel it stretching out a little bit. Now I know I need to jack it up just a tad more. Collar down just a tad. You don't want to do too much. And then the sleeves just gave it a little good old love slip. Good old love slip right there. Pulled it down a bit, and that's all it takes. A little bit tougher time touching, but I knew it was going to come up. Um, so, yeah, guys, uh, that's that's the recap. You know, I, it was a pretty substantial gain in that period of time, so it had me thinking, you know, what the hell did we do this time that worked so well? And it was kind of goes back to the plan at the beginning of the year. You know, I put out a, uh, you know, a gold paper at the beginning of the year. A lot of people downloaded that. You know, I wrote down some things too. What the hell I'm going to have to do this year to hit this 800 number. You know, I really think it can happen this year. Um, and then, you know, just went about executing the plan, which is a much longer term thing. Like, I didn't want to do that raw bench cycle. I don't care to bench raw. It doesn't really mean much to me. Um, but I knew it would probably be best. So it's things like that. You got to think longer term. What's going to get you to that number? Um, and that's how you got to approach your living. Uh, um, your lifting is everything's long term long term progression patience lifting's the ultimate test of patience um, you know I don't know anything else that tests your patience more I mean you're going to have bad meets you're going to have bad training days you're going to have years where you're not gaining much of shit and um, you know it's the patience that carries you through and you love to train so it's an ever-evolving puzzle piece, I always say, and you're just trying to find the, you're trying to find the right pieces to the puzzle. From uh, Jared Bratcher, we both hit our goals on the same week: 500-pound raw bench. That's an awesome bench. 500 raw. That that's something to be proud of. Congratulations, bud. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be my next raw goal if I can get there sometime. Um, again, for me, I I really have no interest in pushing any raw numbers. Um, 500 raw would be nice to say, you know, for me, it's all, it's always been about the shirted numbers, but, um, you know, you had definitely, if you're pushing 500 raw, the base is there to, to work the shirt, uh, for sure. So that's awesome, bud. Um, and glad we were able to do it in the same week. That's pretty cool. So, uh, that's, that's it guys. That's all I really wanted to touch on. If we got any buzzer beater questions, we've been getting some buzzer beater questions. I don't know what's up. Uh, we got no buzzer beater questions coming in or what? Sip of coffee for the working man. Remember, guys, if you say coffee, you hit the coffee emoji. <laughs> we all got a sip of coffee. We didn't get one coffee emoji or nothing. Sip of coffee for the working man. 
think uh, I think that's it for today. We're gonna that's end it. at regulation time. No overtime. Unreal. Unreal. Unreal, guys. Shh. All right. That's a wrap, then. We got some good video content to film for you today. Um, take a look at what's going on with the YouTube. Um, just to drop some things, our online course is going live October 1st. That product is completely unbelievable. For the price it is, it's $99 or three payments of 33 We put everything into that. There's no stone left unturned in terms of the technique with the bench press. All laid out. Six modules of content there for you. Um, in a progressive order, over 40 plus videos, hours and hours of content, um, a six-week bench program on top of it for you to run through. Um, it's it's really a huge, huge offering, and that's happening October 1st. We're actually going to put a page up on the website for it because it's such a big thing. Um, but I'm super pumped to, uh, to bring that for you guys. And also, um, VIP group. Check out the VIP page on our, our, our uh, website, bigbenches.com. You know, I, I really think you'll love some of the stuff we're doing there. That's where our team interacts. That's where I drop a bunch of additional content. Um, pretty much I, I work to try to serve uh, those select people as hard as possible with extra content. Um, you know, they get a lifetime discount to bigbenches.com, you know, free programs, all that stuff. So... I would love if you could join us there. You're going to get 50% off that online course if you join us in the VIP group. You know, they always get discounts. Um, so, check that out. I got a last comment, though, from uh, Crockett001. I like what you said about the override press bringing up the raw bench. I did 172.5 by 2 that's kilograms overhead, 230 kilograms raw, and 310 kilograms single within a couple months of each other. That sounds like really good progress. Um, it's huge. Kilograms, I don't, I can't really work out in my head, but that seems like a shit ton of progress. So uh, big props to you, bud. Um, yeah, the overhead prets can be the missing link. The thing is, it's just another piece of the puzzle, right? But you have to fit the right pieces. Like for me, that upper back stuff, um, you know, if I just kept training the way I was doing, trying to prioritize triceps all the time, maybe I wouldn't have gotten there. Uh, but upper back was such a missing piece of the puzzle that it allowed me to express the strength that I already had, uh, which is a big reason for seeing such an enormous jump. Is usually you have a uh, weak link that's just holding you back, strengthen that, and then you're going to see your true potential. So for you, overhead press really hit that. Um, so that's awesome. All right, guys, I think that is it. And um, you know, I want to thank everyone for joining us, whether you listen to the podcast here or you have joined us on IG Live uh, for this uh, edition of the Benchcast. So, again, um, thank you for joining. And uh, I don't think I got not much else to say except check out the YouTube. Make sure you hit those links down below. If you want to acquire about our full coaching program, all the links are in there. Uh, to a free consult would love to hear from you and how our program can help you get stronger and uh, that's about all i got to say about that mass man saint dennis says hey benny what's up mass man saint dennis how we doing all right that's it that's a wrap you have been listening to the bench, bench.